Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Paylocity.com. On today's episode, I've invited our HR Benefits Manager, Jill Santer-Sierra, to join me. Jill, thank you for joining me today. Let's start by having you share a little bit about your background and your role here at Paylocity. Sure, great. Thanks so much, Sherry, for having me today. I'm excited to join your podcast. Okay, a little bit about me. Uh, I just celebrated my one-year anniversary at Paylocity. Um, I have focused mostly in my career, which was over, which has been over 20 years in HR, mainly on employee benefit plans, the design, implementation, management of those benefit plans. But more recently in my career, I focused in on the employee experience and how those benefits in particular tie into the employee experience. I'm also very interested in um, inclusion and diversity initiatives, and I'm very excited to be here today. That's awesome. I, I'm really glad that you talked about the employee experience. That was a huge part of why I thought you'd be a good fit to share some information with those listening today. Um, I know it's such a passion for you. So to get us started, I want to provide a framework about kind of where we're at as a society right now. So in general, the world's changed over the years. We've become increasingly hyper-connected to the world around us. So I think about how data is being leveraged everywhere and in everything you see, everything you do, and how you're interacting with the world. Generational diversity, right? In the workforce, we have this increased premium on providing cutting-edge mobile tools and applications, but they need to be able to address different um, items wanted across generations. Employees want social currency to be recognized and to recognize their peers with real-time digital affirmation. And social platforms, you know, you think about things like Slack are now being leveraged to make it easier for employees to collaborate and share information, encouraging more frequent conversations. Oh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I've I've seen this change um, mainly in how people think about their careers. So we, we have the personal side of things where it's kind of funny because we had to go through and turn off all of our electronic devices, right, before we started because we're so hyper-connected. Um, but then that's really moving into our workplace and our professional lives as well. Um, what I'm seeing more and more is that employees are looking for opportunities to work remotely, opportunities to work wherever they are. So if they're traveling or if they're going to be away for a day or two, um, they are ab- able to fit work into that and they're able to work wherever they are. Um, I think we're moving away from that concept of work-life balance and moving towards a true work-life harmony where there's pieces of work in our personal lives and vice versa. Oh, I totally agree with that. I mean, my own personal cadence with work is I have my day working hours and then there's the, okay, the kids are in bed, the dog's been out, I'm going to log back online. Agree. Me too. Yeah. Same thing. And it works because you know that if you know, if something doesn't fit into those day hours, you'll find another time to do it. And if you need time during those day hours for something personal, it works. It's just all flows together. I think people are also looking at work differently than they have in the past. I mean, the rise of the gig economy is a perfect example. It just provides so many opportunities for people to 
just match the kind of work that they want or even provide a little bit of a side hustle, right? Um, and then also for the first time uh, in history, we have five generations work, working side by side in the workforce. And each of those generations has a different leadership style, a different communication style, different career development objectives. So it's really challenging for us as HR professionals. I think with all that you know, being said, and as I think about work changing, um, being able to really adopt a people-first approach helps us engage the entire workforce and all the generations within that workforce and really set every one of them up for success and just it meets them where they are. So if we think about people first, we don't really have to worry too much about what generation they're in because, you know, I could be in, I'm a generation X. I don't know if you are as well, or you're, you're probably I'm in not. That, you're I'm in that by. special generation where they had to rename us. I'm technically a zennial. A zennial. Yeah. Okay. Look at that. But I, I really lean towards a lot of the millennial tendencies. Maybe that's because I'm trying to keep myself young. I don't know. But I really do. So professionally, I know I'm in a certain generation, but my thoughts and my outlook on things um, really flows with the millennial generation. So I think by adopting that people-first approach, we don't put people in buckets and we really can listen to what each person is expecting. Um, one example I wanted to share uh, about that that approach and the fact that we have this kind of everyday interaction with social media in our lives is, of course, Netflix, which I think we use as an example for a lot of things. But And I think I'm dating myself here, but you probably remember when Netflix first started and you get the DVD in the mail, which I think is still an option. Someone told me the other day that that's still an option, and I had no idea that was still an option. So maybe that's not dead in the water, but um, when you used to get the DVD, you'd watch the movie, hope that it wasn't super scratched up and you could make it through the whole thing, right? And then you'd receive an email. And I remember thinking it was so cool and cutting edge that I could just click on the number of stars to provide my feedback rating right there in the email. I didn't have to open anything up. I could just give that that feedback automatically. But now Netflix has, Netflix has this algorithm, right, that automatically <laughs> services up content. So I can give immediate feedback. I don't even have to give feedback. I can just click on something. I can add something to my watch list. And that algorithm automatically knows what I'm interested in. So it's just that automatic, real-time, continuous feedback. Yeah, as consumers, it seems like regardless of where we're leaving feedback, whether it's you know Netflix with what you're watching or a Yelp review or a Glassdoor review, um, you're looking for some sort of response. So on Netflix, it changes your obviously your cue and it's your suggestions. But on like a restaurant, when I leave feedback on a on a restaurant, I I want something back. I either want to reply on Yelp or right. I want them to fix it in some way. And that's kind of our everyday consumer outlook now. We crave this validation that someone heard us, mm -hmm. really heard us, and is considering the information we shared. Um, I think it's important to start bringing that concept into how HR and business professionals are looking at how they're listening to employees and creating great employee experiences. And it starts with understanding that feedback from employees should be two-way conversations with feedback loops. And those loops, they have to be immediate or it's not real feedback. Mm -hmm. 
They should be frequent, you know, so that employees can make corrections based on the new information. And they need to be responsive so that workers can see the changes that they make have had an impact, right? So it's connecting the dots, not just, hey, I got your feedback, I, I heard you, but like, this is the change we implemented and this is how you helped now co-create something different based on your feedback. That's really important. Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense when you step back and think about it, um, but I think we tend to put our you know personal lives into one bucket and we do the Yelp review and we want that immediate feedback and we're looking for change. And then somehow we think about it differently at work, which sounds crazy, like why wouldn't we? But I think it's just the evolution of the professional you know, workplace and how it's now starting to catch up to what we're experiencing in our personal lives. Um, And we want that, we crave that same immediate feedback. We want to be heard. We want that immediate response, even in our, in our work lives as well, especially in our work lives as well. And I think you're right. The communication um, between employers and employees historically has been, you know, really top down. And for a long time, it was, you know, an email blast to all employees. Here's what you need to know. And um, or it was something posted. Right. Here's a notice or here's a new policy. We expect you to read it. And there really wasn't ever a place or a way to provide feedback. And I think what happened was companies were really inadvertently sending the message that, they just weren't interested in employees' opinions. Now, whether they meant to do that or not, I don't know. Maybe some did. I know I worked for a few that didn't really want the feedback. It was, you know, we've made this decision and here you go. But I think it's um, it's really evolving from that top-down, one-way communication into a true two-way communication. And I think we have to be in this world of, you know, the agile HR and how things are shifting and how people want that experience that they have in their personal lives. We really have to be sure that it's going to ways, that communication and that feedback. Yeah, I think there's a real opportunity for us to start leveraging that opinion culture. Feedback really ends up being an important part of any opinion culture. And employees who feel their voice is heard are four times more likely to feel empowered to perform their best work. Okay, so I want to get tactical and talk through some ways listeners can start creating a two-way communication culture in their organization. And I think it really starts with how can you make it easier for your employees to share what they think by encouraging them to share their opinions about their own journeys and experiences. I mean, I think about back in the day when you had a suggestion box, right? I think we're moving far away from that, but maybe you still have a suggestion email. That's still definitely one way. So how can you think about the next generation of collecting feedback and really encouraging employees to share what they think? Likely, I think when you shared earlier about the one-way feedback, that potentially can send the wrong signal to employees. So I think it's how do organizations start to facilitate trust with employees and demonstrate that communication is no longer top-down or just collecting feedback. You have to show that you value their voice and you want to have these collaborative communication experiences you really want to show them that you care what you what they think. And then make sure that throughout the process, you're supporting a culture where employees feel valued, powered, and motivated. 
We all know that when people feel like their opinions matter, they feel valued. When you feel valued, you want to be more invested, and you'll see that discretionary effort rise. Um, you know, one of the interesting statistics out there is that highly engaged teams show 21% greater profitability. So this really is a, a business initiative to make this opinion culture important to your organization. And then kind of like the last piece I would say is that highlight the ways that your employee's voice has really been used to co-create and maybe reinvent different employee experiences. Seems so simple, right? To right. Like just listen to your employees, take that feedback into consideration and you know, let people know that their voice is being heard and that they have an opportunity to provide that feedback and that you're going to take action with it and that that can have a direct impact on the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, I think highlighting those ways that employees have had an impact. You know, so it's telling that story is like, okay, now that I'm listening, now my employees are co-creating with me and I can bring that back to my org and say, you know, Jim in frontline retail position really helped implement the new way of doing stuff that has saved the company X dollars. Mm -hmm. And I think people love to see that and they love to hear that. Like, you know, even if it's not them, they want to hear that a coworker or someone else was able to influence something that ultimately will affect them as well. So here's an example of how we use two-way communication here at Paylocity. I was lucky enough to be involved in the creation of our ERGs when I first started. And um, throughout that process, it was really interesting because I think Paylocity could have just decided on a few ERGs that we thought were important to our employee base. But instead, we really took the time to educate uh, the employee base and let everyone know what is an employee resource group, why is it important, why does it matter, and then we collected feedback through surveys from our employees on which sort of ERG might resonate with them. Um, And so we ended up taking those results and ultimately creating four different ERGs from that process, Um, one that promotes women, one that promotes equality, one that supports our virtual employees um, called Virtual Connect, and then last but not least, one that promotes ethnic diversity. And so we also learned throughout that process that giving back and community involvement was very important to our employees. And so rather than create a separate fifth employee resource group, we decided that that should be something that was a broader initiative that was more woven through the fabric of our ERGs. And so we decided to make that more of a company-wide initiative. Yeah, I think that's such a good example to think about um, what are what are the different things we should be listening to. I think in HR and in business in general, we, we don't necessarily know what we should be listening to. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. We all know about engagement surveys and performance reviews and, mm-hmm. you know, pulse checks. Um, but I think we, we miss understanding the moments that really matter to employees. You know, so we've started to talk about these moments that matter in, in buckets or two categories for us to better understand what we should be listening to and the impact it has. So for us, the first bucket has to do with the employee journey. And that's all about the moments that are significant to an individual employee, mm-hmm. like first day on the job, new hire orientation, et cetera. The second bucket we look at is the employee experience, which is all the ways the employee could impact the culture around them, the experience of others, or even the product or service that you offer, or we offer. I mean, that's you know a big part of the way we think about product is client as co-creator. Well, the big th- 
way that we think about employees is employees as co-creator mm-hmm. of, of their their own journey and of the experience of others. Yeah, I think about just all of the amazing moments in that employee experience that really could be impacted if we listened at those moments along the way. Um, and, you know, really listening to what employees are experiencing is so important because everyone has a different experience. And where we have the opportunity to shape that experience, um, we don't want to miss that just because we aren't taking the time to hear what people are thinking, hear about that experience, um, and see how we can make it better for employees. You know, we, we've started to think about how how we're collecting feedback and when we're collecting it. So we talked about, you know, the moments that matter falling into the two buckets, employee journey and employee experience. But we also think about how we collect data and feedback in kind of two buckets as well. So um, the first has to do with moments in time that are specific. And so those are going to be like your new hire orientation. I want to know mm-hmm. how you feel about that moment in time and that experience. And that's something we would survey for. Mm-hmm. So if you're, a, if you're a Paylocity client, that's something we'd say is a perfect example of a moment in time where you're going to leverage surveys. The other group we look at is what is the um, kind of ongoing conversation? So you think about like a group chat, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this like back and forth feedback and it's this kind of constant real time how the employee feels. That's the second bucket. And we typically here inside of Paylocity will use community and polling for those types of conversations. So as you think about how you're looking at moments that matter in the journey and in the experience, also think about, okay, in those journeys and experiences, what's the right lever I should be pulling? Should I be pulling something that's gathering um, a moment in time data or should I be pulling information that's more ongoing and very quickly I can iterate on it? And how does that look as I'm going back to the model of feedback loops and bringing back that data to employees? So we've covered a lot of information in a short time here around employee listening and As an additional resource for our listeners, I've included in our show note links a recorded video of the webinar that Jill and I did on the same topic. So if you're interested in diving a little deeper into any of these things with screenshots and stuff, you can grab that link. Jill, thanks so much for joining me today and sharing with our listeners your passion for creating a great employee experience. Okay, so here's your final thoughts. What is your mic drop moment that you want our listeners to take away? Mic drop, wow, no pressure here. (laughs) I do think that there's really an important distinction, uh, like you mentioned, about the buckets of thinking about moments in time that you want to capture from employees on an individual level and then that broader um, feedback loop on maybe a new policy or potentially a new benefit that's close to my heart, so that's what's on my mind, but something that, you know, really is an important distinction. And I think that the key really is just to listen and to ask for feedback. And most importantly, once you have that feedback, to analyze it and take action. Yeah, I think I think if somebody was going to ask me my mic drop, I would say, um, as HR professionals, don't be afraid to iterate quickly. You know, I think sometimes we want to have our programs wrapped up in a bow and deliver them. And that's a good point. <laughs> such a good point. It is so true. It too. is, and we get afraid to to iterate and to make changes quickly and kind of go back to the drawing board. I think that's absolutely okay if we're making 
the business case that here's the feedback, here's the impact to the bottom line. And going back to some of those statistics I shared about, mm-hmm. you know, increased profitability, right? And that's about creating that listening culture. So thanks for joining me today, Jill. I really thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. It was great.